This is Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. percent of revolutions of victims fighting their oppressors from victims fighting their bullies 100 percent have been successful through fighting back through bloodshed i'd rather have this motherfucker die at least now the kid knows what you know to stand for something Good evening and welcome to the show. And the first few seconds of this this show, Beyond the Badge, was a shooter in Baton Rouge who took it upon himself to murder three police officers. And I played a snidbit of his YouTube channel, and he talked about fighting back your oppressor by bloodshed. And that's the only way to do it. And it's ironic that this guy, and I'm not even going to mention his name because to me his name doesn't matter. It's ironic that this guy was in Dallas the same night of the shootings there a few weeks ago. And it's ironic that he rented a car and drove from Dallas. Well, he's originally from Missouri, so he drove from Missouri to Dallas for an alleged book signing, which I can't find any books by him. And he ends up in Baton Rouge. But before he ends up in Baton Rouge, he talks about how he was disgusted with the Alton Sterling shooting. Now, before I get into this, let me go ahead and give another public service announcement, because apparently last week my show pissed off a lot of people I got so much hate mail from people that are in the Black Lives Matter movement. People were actually calling me because I forgot my phone number was on my website and just saying all kind of hateful stuff. I got all kind of hateful emails on Facebook of how it was a sellout on Uncle Tom and some other names that I will not mention on this show, all because I speak the truth. And it's ironic how in the black community, and I'll go ahead and say this, In the black community, how anytime a black man speaks articulately or speaks the truth or against what people assume he should speak out against because he's black, then he's automatically a sellout, an Uncle Tom or what have you. But here's the thing. Let me say this unequivocally. I could care less if you don't agree with what I have to say. I could care less if you ever listen to the show again. I want to thank you for listening since you listened last week. I greatly appreciate it. But what I will tell you is, 
your threats, I take those very seriously. So don't let the cool suits that you see on my website fool you. You come after me, you better be ready because I, as an American, have a right to protect myself and my family. So if you come after Vincent Hill, just know it won't be an easy fight. Now, with that said, if you were offended last week, you're really going to be offended this week because it's only going to get worse because I got more truth for you. Now, back to this knucklehead in Baton Rouge who killed three police officers yesterday because he was fighting his oppressor and he was upset about the shooting of Alton Sterling. Well, I got to tell you, I am sick and tired of hearing the name Alton Sterling and no disrespect to his parents, his son or anything like that. My day on Sunday started out. I was at Stone Mountain getting my hike in. I get down from the bottom of Stone Mountain My phone's blowing up. People are asking me, have I heard about the police shooting? I'm like, oh, God, what police shooting? What black man got shot now? And then everyone's like, no, three police officers were shot and killed in Baton Rouge. Now, mind you, Baton Rouge is the same city where just last week, a group of individuals who support Black Lives Matter decided they were going to break into a pawn shop to steal guns to kill police. So, of course, immediately I start watching I'm watching the national news, and all I keep hearing about is, was this in response to Alton Sterling, a black man killed by white police officers? And it sickened me. A, because let's not forget the facts of that case. Alton Sterling had a gun. Alton Sterling reached for that gun. I don't care what you see in that video. There's no other reason that officer yelled, gun, 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 without him doing that. And... Let's go one step further since we're here. Alton Sterling, it's coming out now, was known to have pulled a gun on police not once but twice in the past. So you have officers that know an individual that got a call about an individual with a gun. They know that individual has the propensity to pull that gun out and attempt to use it on them. So we have the country in an uproar because of This guy, who was a convicted felon, who shouldn't have had a gun, who should have just complied with police, he would be alive today. So, that leads to this idiot from Missouri who drives to Dallas mysteriously during the time of those shootings and ends up in Baton Rouge mysteriously during the time of those shootings, preaching, oh, how this was so wrong, what happened to Alton Bland. But, it doesn't just start with him and his racial rant on YouTube, it starts with the President of the United States. And this is where I really pissed people off last week saying this, but I will say it again. 24 hours before Dallas, the President made a statement about Alton Sterling and how the racial injustices in the black community with white police officers is affecting this country. That racially divided the country. And the President of the United States, the president of all Americans at the memorial of five dead officers in Dallas decided to use that platform to talk about race and to slap the family members of those dead officers in the face by saying, we need to hear the pain of Alton Sterling's family. Well, let's be quite honest. The majority of the people don't care about the pain of Alton Sterling's family. 
Because at the end of the day, you still had a criminal who had a gun who did not comply with police. So it's hard to sympathize with someone who doesn't comply with police. Compliance equals not dead. Non-compliance and gun equals dead. It's that simple. So Sunday, when I thought I was going to be able to relax because I had had a long week, the week before, reporting on and giving commentary on the tragedies in Dallas, here I have to see it in Baton Rouge. And you know, I said something last week on this show, and I tweeted about it, and I put a picture up when I was in my uniform, and I said, if all black lives matter, did mine matter when I was in a blue uniform? No, it didn't. And what happened here in Baton Rouge? A black officer who just had a baby boy a couple of months ago, who rushed to danger, because that's what police do, is now dead. But I don't hear Darius McRae or whatever, the head of the Black Lives Matter movement, I don't hear them saying our condolences to the family. I don't hear the Black Lives Matter movement protesting about that black man being killed. I don't hear Al Sharpton protesting about that black man being killed. And quite frankly, I don't hear the president. Oh, yeah, he did make a statement that, you know, threats against police and the killing of police are unjustified, blah, 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 blah. But in the back of his mind, he must know that he is a huge reason why this is happening in this country. Now, you don't have to like that statement, but it's a true statement. If I had a son, he would look like Trayvon Martin. We have to hear the pain of Alton Sterling's family in the face of five dead officers. You have the audacity, Mr. President, the president of all Americans, to say we need to hear the pain of Alton Sterling's family. You talked about Jim Crow at the funeral. You talked about how we, and I assume you mean America, flood the inner cities with guns which has nothing to do with those five dead officers, mind you. But we can flood the inner city with guns, with drugs, and all of that. Yeah, okay, anybody will tell you, yeah, it doesn't just mysteriously arrive in the projects, in the inner cities, but no one is telling anyone to pull the trigger. No one is telling anyone to sell drugs. No one is doing any of that. So here we are again with this, oh, it's the system that's keeping us down. It's this you're the president of the United States, but you went on a 10-minute rant about race relations in this country over the flags of five dead police officers, many of which who serve this country that you are commander-in-chief of. That was sickening, it was tasteless, and it was shameful. And guess what it led to? It led to Baton Rouge almost a week later. It led to Baton Rouge because you had this Yahoo who was a former Marine who pretty much learned to kill people in the Marines who drove hours to Baton Rouge because you as his president, the family needs to hear the pain of Baton Rouge. America needs to hear the family's 
pain of Alton Sterling. Oh, okay, Mr. President. What I will do, since I feel their pain, I would go to Baton Rouge and ambush police officers. I would go, I will go to Baton Rouge and terrorize the city of Baton Rouge. Because let's get this clear. What happened in Dallas, what happened in, in Baton Rouge was nothing but terror. We all know the definition of terrorism. That is exactly what happened on Sunday at nine o'clock in the morning. And think about this. Think about this. There is no other job in this country where on a Sunday, nine o'clock in the morning, when most people are either getting home from the club, getting up from the club, going to church, going to breakfast, doing like I did, taking a morning hike. There is no job in this country where you would think on a Sunday morning at nine o'clock that you could die in a split second. No job in this country, probably no job in this world besides police, because that is the assumed danger of police. I get sick of hearing people say, oh, a routine traffic stop, oh, a routine this, a routine that. There's nothing routine about policing. If you don't believe me, go ask the three dead officers. Wait, I'm sorry. You can't ask them because of some idiot. But go ask the three that are fighting for their lives in the hospital right now. Go ask their families who are praying right now. Go ask the families of the three who are deceased, one being a black man, since Black Lives Matter. Go ask them if there's anything routine. Because do you think that the black officer that died, when he left his house probably at 6 in the morning since he was on the 80 tail, got the roll call, he probably left his house, kissed his little son, his three-month-old son, was probably thinking, man, when I get home, I'm going to play with him. We're going to go do this. We're going to do this. He does not have that option now. That little boy will only know his dad in a picture because at three months, there's no memory that he's going to hold on to. He will only know his dad by a picture. And what? Who's going to tell him, oh, well, your dad, your black dad, died because a black man had a vendetta against police because they were the oppressor and you could only win by bloodshed. Who's going to tell this little kid that? And what's he going to think about black people? Think about it. You're going to have one side of the, his ear saying, oh, you shouldn't support police because they're the devil. They're bad. Then you're going to have the other side of his ear where people are going to say, well, your father died because he was a police officer and he was out protecting and serving his community. Do you not think that little boy is going to be messed up for the rest of his life? Now, there's plenty of kids that don't have their fathers in their lives because their fathers choose not to be in their lives. But here's a guy who was in his son's life, one of his last pictures of him in his uniform is him holding his little son. And that will be the only memory that little boy has. And for what? Jim Crow has affected the country. We need to feel the pain of Alton Sterling's family. If I had a son, he would look like Trayvon. People have been hearing this for years. For years. So, don't you think at some point, people start to get 
brainwashed by this racial injustice bullcrap. And I call it bullcrap because the numbers, the numbers don't suggest it. 2014, when Michael Brown was killed, the numbers didn't suggest it. More whites killed by police than blacks. 2015, Freddie Gray, the numbers didn't prove it. More whites killed by police than blacks. 2016, July, guess what? More whites killed by police than blacks. But we still hear from many, 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 many people, officials who really should just keep their mouths shut, that it's only in the black community. Hillary Clinton, oh, America needs to listen to the black community. America needs to listen to every community, not just black community. You don't think there's problems in the white community? You don't think there's a crime problem in the white community? I would tell you otherwise because I've arrested my fair share of white people. You don't think there's a crime problem in the Hispanic community? I would tell you otherwise because I arrested my fair share of Hispanics. The Asian community, I can go on and on and on about all of these communities who have issues crime related, who have issues economically, economical related that are in the black community. It's not just a black problem. Last I checked, the flag that I salute is for all Americans. I didn't see one star up there, and in small writing, it said, for black America. I didn't see that. When I took that oath 24 years ago to protect this country against all enemies, foreign and domestic, it didn't say, okay, Private Hill, when you take this oath, and when you salute this flag, it's only for black America. When I got sworn into the police department, December 16, 2002, when I put that badge on, it didn't say, okay, now this badge grants you access to only protect and serve the black community. I, I, maybe I missed it, but I don't recall that happening. So how did we get to a point where if it happens in the black community, then everybody's all over it, including the media, including the media. Now, granted, yeah, I do a lot of appearances on the media, and I definitely try to get my point across. And, of course, with the age of editing and everything else, of course, half the stuff I say doesn't make air, which is why I appreciate this audience, why I appreciate this show, because I can be as unfiltered as I want to. But anytime something happens in the black community, it's everywhere. So, of course, you got idiots like this knucklehead, this former Marine, who I equate to Timothy McVeigh because he joined the military to learn how to blow stuff up. And look what he did. This guy, I assure you, probably joined the Marines to learn how to kill people. And look what he did. Look what he did. He killed people, okay? He killed people, all right? But he ended up dying, too. Now, of course, already there's some people that are saying, oh, it's a hoax. It's the white man blaming it on the black man. He's the 
alleged hoax shooter, blase, blase. He really didn't do the shootings. Well, let's look at this for just a second. You know, in this modern age of technology, when I always say there's a camera everywhere, I literally mean there's a camera everywhere. And guess what? Guess what? He's captured on surveillance video. Now, granted, yeah, he had a baklava on, you know, the mask that you can only see the nose and the eyes. Yeah, granted. But now, unless they got a guy of equal height, equal complexion, equal weight, tattoos, identical. Because I watched his YouTube video and I watched, I looked at the surveillance still photo. Unless they got a guy, an actor, let's say. Or a guy that just wanted to die. is like, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll volunteer. Unless they got a guy, again, equal height, equal complexion, equal weight, tattoos that match. They tracked his movements from his rental car. Guess what? That's how they caught the bombers the first time at the World Trade Center. Because the idiots went back to get a refund for the rental car. So they tracked all of this, but there's still people that say, huh. I think it's a hoax. I think it's the white man trying to make the black man look bad. Well, you are an idiot. Because you don't go from posting videos of how much you hate the police and how much you support Alton Sterling. And you just happen to be in Dallas at a hotel the same night of the shootings, which I think is very, very strange, mind you. You don't go from all of that to, hey, hey, we need a volunteer to get shot by the police after you kill three police officers because we want to make the black man look bad. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. But again, I don't hear the Black Lives Matter movement. Speaking out about that, so do they condone violence against police? Or, since one of the officers was black, did his life not matter? Does it only matter when it's convenient for your agenda, Black Lives Matter? Your agenda of spreading racial hate around this country? Because that's what you're doing. Because if you will sit here and protest and officers get hurt by cinder blocks getting thrown on their necks because of protests for a guy named Alton Sterling, who, let's look at the facts, convicted felon who shouldn't have had a gun, a man known to police who has been known to point a gun at them, a guy who resisted arrest, who did not comply with commands, You're willing to protest that, but you don't want to protest this black officer who just had a baby. Since we're all about the black love, shouldn't we protest that? You don't want to protest the 30 plus people shot in Chicago since Alton Sterling that were black, that were shot by blacks. Why are we not protesting that? Because... Black lives matter. Well, I know why they matter. Because your organization gets 
millions of dollars from donations. You get publicity. You get your little T-shirts, which you sell to add to those millions of dollars. So that's why this officer in Baton Rouge, his life didn't matter. That's why the black kids shot and killed in Chicago on a daily basis don't matter. That's why my life didn't matter when I wore a blue uniform, because it's outside of your agenda and it's outside of your financial stream. I mean, let's call it what it is. Let's call it what it is. If we're talking about it, let's talk about it. Millions of dollars of funding. Otherwise, how do the same people get to every city where there's a protest? Now, I got a decent paying job, but when I flew to Dallas, it was on my own dime and it hurt. But I went there to show my support to the police. But you have the same people show up in every city like they have a private jet. Think about that. Let it sink in. Think about that. The Black Lives Matter movement is a multi-million dollar entity. And a lot of it has to do, and I'll go back to it, with our commander in chief. Because you had the head of the Black Lives Matter movement at your table. In the Oval Office. And you had people like Al Sharpton who get millions of dollars through Walmart and other places there. So where do you think the Black Lives Matter movement is getting all this money from? They're not going into their own pockets, I assure you. Because they don't have the same passion, although they claim they do. They don't have the same passion to go in their pocket on a Friday when a shooting of five police officers happened Thursday to go in their own pocket to be on the plane, to be on the ground at 10 o'clock at night talking to officers in the streets of Dallas. That's passion. That's what I did. But I'm not funded. Now, I do have a GoFundMe page to allow me to get to these situations where we can have a voice for the police, and I'll be happy to put that out at the end of the show. If you want to donate, great. If you don't, if there's something I'm passionate about, Believe you me, I will find a way to get there or at least show my support somehow. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm just going to go out on a limb. The officers involved in the Alton Sterling shooting. I'm just going to go out on a limb. And I got a pretty good track record for this. Won't go to prison. Although, again, this federally funded Black Lives Matter movement are maybe not federally funded, but they're funded somehow. This Black Lives Matter movement who are demanding this murder charge and the dismissal of the officers and they need to be in prison, yada, 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 yada. When the facts, when the facts come out, which I think they are, are already out, but when all the evidence is presented and the gun that was recovered from Alton Sterling's pocket, has his DNA on it. And when it comes out that he was a convicted felon that shouldn't have been in possession of a weapon, because that's 10 years in prison, and maybe, maybe, maybe he fought because he knew that he was looking at maybe 10 years in prison. Nobody ever thought about that because he was a good guy that didn't do anything, right? 
no one ever thought that maybe he fought because 10 years in prison. That's a long time. 10 years in prison. It's a long time. Long enough to make someone fight. To try to get away. Or even to try to get that gun to shoot those officers so he could get away. But when it comes down to it, if this goes to trial, there's not going to be a conviction. So what? Are we going to say, oh, let's go kill more police? Let's go kill more of the devils? Why? Or are we going to hear President Obama come in and say, it's tragic that justice wasn't served because I told you America needed to hear the pain of Alton Sterling's family? Are we going to have the Department of Justice go in and waste millions upon millions upon millions of dollars like they did in Ferguson just to find out that, yes, the officers were justified? Because, again, you got all of these politicians from the president to Loretta Lynch to all of these people who have no idea, who never wore a McDonald's uniform, let alone a police uniform. But yet they're the experts in policing. Yet, all of these people in the Black Lives Matter movement are the experts in policing. You know, I did a panel discussion on CBS 46 last weekend. And they had me on the panel with this idiot, and I will call him an idiot, from the Black Lives Matter movement. So, I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, we have everyone that's watching a 20 to 30 second video. Not understanding the facts not understanding everything, and jumping to the conclusion. This idiot says, well, I'm trained in the use of force. Like, really? How are you trained in the use of force? Did you go to a six-month police academy and annual in-service training every year? This idiot said, no, I'm trained in security. As in mall security? Movie theater security? Did you have one of those little carts? This idiot told me he was trained in security, but that made him an expert on the use of force. And I politely, well, it wasn't really polite, but I told him, dude, that is a huge difference between security and policing. A, no one really respects security guards anyway. And half the time, although you may be trained in the use of force, half the time, As a security guard, you have no authority to use force. So that logic was not logical to me. But everyone's the expert in policing until the real experts get in and say, hey, stupid, the officer was justified. Hey, stupid, he had a gun. Hey, stupid, he shouldn't have had a gun. Hey, stupid. This video shows him reaching for his gun. Hmm. I can go on and on and on with the hey stupids. But let me get to another stupid individual. Marilyn Mosby. Now, here we are, just yesterday, the third acquittal in the death of Freddie Gray. And remember, the first trial of this black racist officer, William Porter, ended in a hung jury. Caesar Goodson, that racist black officer, was acquitted. Officer Goodman was acquitted. Oh, he's white, so he's got to be racist. And now Lieutenant Rice, who was their commander, was just acquitted. Now, remember? Police experts. Oh, 
Look what they're doing to him. Oh, they got his knee in his back. Oh, oh, it's excessive force. Oh, he died from a pre-existing neck injury. The racist cops had to have done it. We're going to charge all six of them with murder. They're going to prison. Yes, because I'm the state's attorney. And I know these racist officers, even though three or four of them were minority, I know these racist officers were responsible for the death of this black man. So Lieutenant Rice, who followed suit like all the other officers who had a bench trial without a jury, same judge, Judge Barry Williams, for the record, he is black. So no one can say, oh, well, a white judge cleared him because there were white officers. Get that crap out of here. So he cleared Lieutenant Rice of involuntary manslaughter, misconduct in office, and reckless endangerment. And he stated that the state's attorney's office lacked the evidence to prove the officer, the officer's conduct was criminal. But that's what I've been saying all along. There's no evidence to suggest that anything those officers did that day was criminal in nature. So now, not only is she 0 for 4 based on the number of trials, but she's actually 0 for 24 if you add up all the charges that she brought against these officers. So you're 0 for 24. This is your fourth trial and you still have two to go. But you still don't want to swallow that pill and say, man, maybe I should really back out of this. Because, I mean, let's be honest, Marilyn Mosby, you've already made yourself out to be a fool. So dropping the other two cases isn't going to do anything to harm your reputation. It's already harmed. It's already harmed. And let's think of the money you've cost the city of Baltimore. Four trials, no convictions. Countless, countless taxpayer dollars to hold these trials. Now, Caesar Goodson is getting back pay of $87,500. Now, he may be going on a huge vacation or he may be having to catch up on some bills. I don't know. But that's a huge check to write one person for back pay because of your BS charges that you brought against him. And not only that... I'm sure he, along with the other officers, are going to sue you. And if I had to put money on it, they're going to win. Who's going to pay that money? So let me add this up. 60 plus million for Freddie Gray's family. Millions upon millions for these trials. $87,500 for Caesar Goodson. That's a nice check. Dang. I wish I can get like half of that up front. But anyway... 87500 millions upon millions, $62 million to Freddie Gray's family, but you don't think enough is enough. You don't want to say, dang, I really need to just pull this trigger, tuck my head in the sand, and regroup, and come back with something else that I can actually get a conviction on. Like, hmm, real criminals maybe. There's an idea. Why don't you prosecute real criminals? And here's an idea, since we're on the subject of Freddie Gray. When you look at his rap sheet, 
you have to question why he was even on the streets anyway. So let's focus on prosecuting real criminals. Let's hypothetically, hypothetically, since Freddie Gray had been known to sell drugs, among other things, hypothetically, what if Freddie Gray was in prison? Hmm. What if Freddie Gray was in prison? Because instead of prosecuting these officers for doing their jobs, and even though you said they kidnapped him and made false arrests and all of this other stuff, maybe, just maybe, if we focused harder on getting criminals off the street instead of just a smack on the wrist, don't do it again, Mr. Gray. I know this is your 20th drug charge, but on the 22nd, you may be looking at prison time. Maybe, just maybe, if Freddie Gray was actually doing prison time, actually doing prison time, maybe, maybe, just maybe, Freddie Gray would still be alive. And maybe, just maybe, you wouldn't have wasted millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. Now you have to go win the Powerball to pay that stuff back. And I don't mean the little Powerball. I mean like the 330 $450 million Powerball, where like the old 90-year-old person in Idaho always wins. You got to win that kind of money to pay the city back. But you're not worried about that because you are still sticking to your guns, but you're making yourself look like an idiot in the... Pro Wait, I'm sorry. You've already done that. You're making yourself look like a bigger idiot in the process. But enough about Baltimore. It's a dead horse. Two more trials. They're going to end in acquittal. And again, who's going to pay the city back? That's the question. Who's going to pay the city back? But I tell you what, we got Dallas, we got Baton Rouge, we got police departments across this country changing their tactics, going back to two-man cars, which they haven't done in years because as cities grow, you need more police cars on the street. So you go to one-man cars. Now you have two-man cars. So let me break down what will happen. And people are going to be in an uproar. Let me break down what will happen. You will start to see more cars in areas where the crime is highest. Because remember, crime brings police, not color. So you're going to see where you would see maybe two officers. You're going to see four because two to a car. And then, oh, well, look how you guys are harassing the black community. And... And not only that, what you're going to have is slower response time to certain calls. I assure you of that because if you got four, six, eight officers in one area because now they're two to a car and in this area, a call goes out about a car break in. Guess what? You're going to have slower response time because that one person that would have handled that car break in is now teamed up with someone else in a higher crime area because people want to kill the police. So do you see this trickle-down effect that is coming from the top down to all these knuckleheads that preach the hate against police down to the communities? It's going to affect the communities. You know, the communities that people say they care about and all this other stuff. So now... When you see more police there, because the numbers are going to get stronger, because, you know, they don't want to get shot and everything, 
They want to have the cover and contact officer. Then what is it going to be? You guys are harassing us. There's too many of you here. We don't want you here. Well, it's real simple. If people would stop choosing to use police as targets because they didn't agree with the death of Alton Sterling. I swear, if I hear Alton Sterling one more time, I think I'm going to throw up in my mouth. If people would stop going to Dallas and shooting police, if people would stop plotting to break into pawn shops to steal guns to kill police, hmm, maybe, just maybe, it would be like it was. But we're not in that world. We're not in that world. So at the end of the day, guess what? Police don't want to die, just like no one else wants to die. So why wouldn't they team up with a partner? Why wouldn't they have more cars in certain areas versus other areas? But no one seems to realize that it's really just going to affect the average good law-abiding citizen because of idiots out there. I've said it before and I'll say it again. This country really needs to wake up. This country really needs to wake up. If you think police are the problem, you're wrong. If you think we can abolish police like some people have said, you're wrong. Because every day I still see grandmothers getting robbed. I still see grandmothers getting carjacked. I still see women getting raped. I still see kids getting abducted. The police are the ones that handle those cases, that go investigate those cases. So you want to abolish police? You go right ahead. I tell you what, you don't want police? Go to a country where there's not police. That's how you abolish police. Because in this country, police have always been here and they will always be here. This country needs to wake up. Learn policing. Learn police. Learn what police do. And get over this crap about being the expert because you saw Will Smith shoot someone in the leg. This is real life. Wake up. And if you didn't like anything I had to say tonight, again, thank you for listening. But I always say, turn the dang channel. You don't have to listen because the truth sometimes hurts. Just like bullets hurt those officers yesterday in Baton Rouge. Just like they hurt those officers in Dallas, Texas. Sometimes the truth comes in the form of a bullet. And if you don't like it, duck. If you don't like it, don't go out in the open range where my voice can be heard. It is with a heavy heart, a heavy heart this week that I have three names to call out in roll call. All killed again on a Sunday morning when most people are still in bed. These men gave their lives because of some idiot with some sick agenda. I want to call these names out. Montrell Jackson, who was one of the last pictures he took was him holding his four-month-old, his three-month-old son, Brad Garofola, and Matthew Gerard, all killed on a Sunday, nine o'clock in the morning, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I want to thank them for giving the ultimate sacrifice. It's not easy for me to thank them because of someone's hate, they're now dead. Because of someone's hate, that little boy will never know his dad. Because of someone's hate, these men's families 
will have to grieve for them forever. This is not going to go away in a week. Next week, the next time someone's shot by a police, the next time a police officer is shot, these families are going to grieve forever. My prayers are out to their families. My prayers are out to the officers still fighting for their lives. I wish them Godspeed. I thank you for listening. Again, if I offended anyone, I'm glad I did. Because obviously, you don't want to hear what's really going on. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Same time, 8 p.m. RadioInfluence.com and available for iTunes immediately after the show. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. When you are looking for everything going on in MMA, you want to come to the MMA Insiders Podcast as myself, Jason Floyd, and Sam Kaplan will give you insight you cannot get anywhere else. I've done it all in this sport, a matchmaker, promoter, even an amateur fighter. If you're looking for the inside scoop and inside perspective you can't get anywhere else, MMA Insiders Podcast is your destination. Check out the MMA Insiders Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and RadioInfluence.com.